Hello and welcome to Fans of the Genre, episode 20 for March 22nd, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Creer. And I'm Country Roads Take Me Home Clark. Guys, I've been playing a video game. Me too. I've been playing exactly one. Just one? Um, and, and then a little bit of another. For how can many hours? You, can I tell you about my game real quick? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So the game called Life? It was uh, 70 hours. It's a bit, guys. It's a bit. Oh, okay. Okay. So <clears throat> it's called um, uh, Bachelor Party. And uh, oh yeah, it's what happens yeah. when you um, get you play as a man. It's it's the worst Mario Party spinoff. Yeah, indie, Nindy. You play as a man, and um, a, you ca- you on can the switch. Y- yes, it's it's available for the Switch. He's a Switch. Um, the Wii. Weirdly enough, it came out for the Wii. I don't yeah. know if you guys knew that. They're still making games for the Wii. Um, that's how I played it. Are we still talking about men? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a random man. And you, so you play as a man who's. Um, bachelor party is dependent on their friend's ability to plan one for you. So you play a very passive role in that because I, I, you're not I supposed to do anything. I didn't plan one for you. I did no. not. This is our bachelor party. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is your guys' bachelor party? Yes. Yeah. We are well, I'm, technically bachelors still. Oh, that's yeah. fair. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm more of a bachelor, but... I mean, bachelor butt? I said I am more of a bachelor, okay. but... <laughs> a purist. Continue. Uh, I, might, I might just end it on you being a bachelor butt. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Ladies. I, I went on a bachelor party Ladies. with my friends to Orcas Island, and I didn't play any many video games, so I'm not going to have much to say this week. So that's the end of the show. Cool. All right. Good job. <laughs> what a topic. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. This is a show about video games. We talk about them every week. We're friends. We're actually in the same room together again yeah. for the first yes. time since like December, maybe. I think we should do this every like. Uh, no, January was the switch. Oh no, but Brian wasn't here for Brian that. Wasn't that. here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, what do you guys want to talk about? Um, so I went back to uh, my hometown this weekend, mm-hmm. and we had a joint, like, my entire generation and our family, our birthdays are spread between the end of July, or end of January, and, like, the end of March. Mm-hmm. So we always have, like, a big get-together. Um, so I went down there and did that. Yeah, that was fine or whatever. But I saw Kong, Skull Island, and that was, like, legitimately great. Um, I, got, I, I was going to write about it, but then I remembered that I have so many things to fucking do mm-hmm. um but it's even though it came out in march it's like what i imagine is like you watching like yeah that's a great summer blockbuster and i don't know yeah. why it came out you know technically now, in the winter right um but like i was talking to my friend about it and it's probably like the best summer blockbuster since guardians of the galaxy whoa like okay it's like a movie that knows exactly what it is and runs with it and never falters in that cool and it's stylish as all get out um like they rely on like action tropes in like and like they lean into them in like such a way that's like really smart mm-hmm. like tom hiddleston actually doesn't have that much of a prominent role like sam jackson's character is probably the main character main human uh. character if there were one <laughs> um and like john c Riley's perfect and the actions like i love incredible. when john c Riley's not in a comedy i agree it's like yeah, my favorite no, thing in the world I'm, I'm sure he's funny in this movie but no he yeah he's he's the comic relief and like yeah. which is smart because they get a comedy fucking genius yeah. like to to be the comic relief in this movie and like so there's actually two alumni from straight out of compton in it um i forget the actor's name and i really apologize uh <laughs> but the actors who played dr dre and easy e are both in it and early early on it seems like the easy e actor is going to be the comic relief and mm-hmm. just like he doesn't have the comedy chops and you feel like oh no please don't uh easy e was played by jason mitchell dr dre was played by Corey hawkins well, it's Corey Cor- hawkins, hawkins. Walking dead. oh and, cool and he's uh in the 24 reboot watch that? Redo- um no, yeah i've uh, never even seen an episode of 24 yeah john goodman's phenomenal 
Sam Jackson is awesome. Like it's got a really cool like post Vietnam anxiety mm. kind of thread. Like he yeah. he was like a uh, colonel in or corporal, whatever whichever's higher in the in the military. And like after Vietnam, he just kind of has this like anxiety of like he doesn't know what to do with himself. And like after they just backed out of a war, and like he feels like really lost, and he kind of takes that anxiety and like un unwittingly unleashes it on this entire group of people on mm -hmm. Skull Island, and it's like really fucking fascinating. Um, and yeah, and, and Tom Hiddleston is like exactly understated to the right amount, and it's it's actually really good. I had like slightly above average expectations for it, and it totally caught me off guard but cool yeah did either of you play the king kong game so, yeah peter so, jackson's king kong yeah game. that it was that, awesome that was actually one thing i said like in the middle of the movie i leaned over to my friend i was like i want to fucking play this king kong game <laughs> did you ever play it mikey oh yeah oh okay i love that game that so i played good. it a bit no it's like for that like really melodramatic peter jackson movie like they made a phenomenal game out of it like yeah this like legitimately great action yeah. movie with like like and they have like more than just like the big dinosaurs and the big apes like there's like a giant water buffalo that's super cool these mm. giant bamboo spiders there's a giant octopus that tries to murder king kong um and like they never like try to like over explain things to you like in the same way that like it actually reminded me and my friend both of zelda where it's mm -hmm. like it doesn't um underestimate the audience's intelligence and just kind of lets things happen mm. without cool. like forcing stuff down your throat yeah i, I just won wanted to get that out there because it was yeah. actually like really good speaking of things that uh you might have had high expectations for um wow uh mass effect just came out we're recording this on the day it came out yes um yes actually a week after the early access yeah uh -huh, uh -huh. so we haven't had a chance to talk about it but brian i think you've been the only one that's playing it i did live stream it on our facebook so that's if right. you're interested you can go check that out check we, out the archive we which, partnered which, which, with meta podcast all of our audience are where they watched it all of our audience yeah so this is redundant yeah. right <clears throat> but before Thousands. we before we get into your uh into your impressions right mm -hmm. um it's received a ton of backlash on the internet like the Mass Effect fans have a... I don't even know if you can really call them fans. But, like, the people who play Mass Effect games have, like, this weird obsession and ownership over the game yeah. and how it's, like, created and how it presents itself. And just for context, Mass Effect Andromeda came out today. But uh, it's actually, like, a spinoff slash sequel to a trilogy that came out... Or that ended in 2012. Yes. Uh, so there's Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. And they're beloved because they're, like, all about the new frontier... You get to romance and make friends with a bunch of different aliens and, and uh, species. And by make friends, he means boom. That's right. By fjorking them. It and made then, Fox <laughs> News mad, so you know it's good. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Brian, why don't, you, why don't you take it from here, I guess? I don't know. Like, yeah. What I do mean, you think about all the mixed reception? Yeah. I mean, so by mixed reception, generally that means that the, the game has received on average about a seven out of 10 from most websites. Which know? is a good score. Which is like a good score, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, yeah. that's it's above above half right right um which means that like reviewers generally seem to i think and this isn't speaking for everyone there are things to like in the game and then there are very clearly things that have issues mm -hmm. some of the some of the things that that have issues are like the the facial animations on the characters are getting to that point where they're a little too realistic that they don't look realistic at all you know the uncanny look, valley uncanny valley yeah. faces look like dolls they might make you feel a little uncomfortable when they try to talk um there's a lot of bugs that that go on through it as well mm -hmm. 
like spiders and creepy crawlies? No, I, I heard like, one like you're talking to somebody and then like a clone of that person you're talking to will like walk in from stage <laughs> right and like just sort of hover around the environment or something. I love There's that. like some weird I know some of that stuff is like endearing, but I think this is this is like so a I, team I, I, I totally yeah, thought that problem. you were going off on a bit. Nope. Like that I, I was expecting some like weird like uh like space balls where the little baby alien like jumps out of the chest and then does the like Charleston or whatever. <laughs> These things all have all happened. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the problem with that is like the game is clearly not very well polished, but it's a humongous game that would require like, you know, dozens of hours for you to complete. And so that's yeah. part of the reason why you can't iron out all of the issues. But yeah. then there are more concrete things too, like uh, the user interface is pretty bad. You know, how you interact with the game through the menus is obtuse and certain important things like looking at objectives for you to complete within the game or mm-hmm. like stuck within uh, deep within menus that no one wants to navigate. Um, I think some of the other criticism was that like the story just didn't really take off yeah. at some point. And comparatively that, you know, just sort of, um, shows that it doesn't seem to be at written as well as maybe the other ones. But yeah, it definitely feels just from what I've seen and heard, like maybe like not the A team was writing this one, or like right. maybe they formed a different team to create this game. It, it's a new team. Okay, Bioware Montreal made it instead of Bioware Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to something a podcast about it earlier. Yeah, and so while it did contain people from the original group that made the first three Mass Effect games, yeah. Uh, it was like a new studio, not like a game like Call of Duty where. Yeah, right, it, right, it, right. It, it, but it wasn't totally just like blind talent where they've never yeah, touched Mass sure. Effect before. Like they, they're there were familiar hands in there. I almost wonder also like we talked about this a little bit with the Switch and you know we disagreed on some of it, but like this is the end of the fiscal year for a lot of people yeah. around this time. Yep, and it almost seems like like EA wanted that they to, needed this game to come out yes. by the end of March. So that they could meet their make the money, yeah, make the money, and yeah. you know that kind of suggests that maybe Bioware will be able to like patch patch, patch yeah. stuff, but that, that so. that'll fix like the graphical glitches, yeah. but it can't necessarily fix like bad the writing. Story, yeah, well, um, that's what they tried with the. Well, and, that's true. I think <laughs> yeah. Austin Walker put it in an interesting way, where it's like he got into Destiny like after the first expansion came out, but before uh-huh. the like second installment, like mm-hmm. not not yeah, the, before Taken King, which is like right. Change the game kind of fundamentally. Yeah. And like, so he's like, yeah, just like wait for like the first round of bugs and like maybe the first DLC to come out. Right. Um, And then like get into it then. And, you know, hopefully things are a little bit better. But yeah. yeah, So what's sort of happened with, with, with all these problems coming out is that people who had high expectations for the game are like pissed. And uh, a a certain subset of the gaming community that hasn't really died ever. It's always been there, but like the internet has given it power uh, has started like targeting certain people on development teams who might not have even had anything to do with it and harassing them and and the thing is is that like specifically they went after an animator not like right the animation director or anything like that but like an animator who's no longer with bioware yes right who had nothing to do with the game i don't even think she might have touched it but Um, like yeah yeah and because there's like some silly animation some stuff that happens that like i understand some of those things like where like so say like frame rates drop like doesn't bother me too much in games right. but doesn't like, drop on pc <laughs> I, 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 Fair. I, I keep going i just mean generally in games like in legend of zelda that hasn't really been bothering me at all right um, i'm also of the belief no, that like for yeah. for like a for a big game like this like it's a yeah. miracle to me that it even runs at all and that it's out yeah like 
totally. it's crazy. That's how but, I feel about Fallout and all the Bethesda games. Yeah, th- th- there's some like janky, silly animations yeah. in there that don't necessarily like take fundamentally away from the game. Like, yeah. maybe it like dissolves a bit of the immersion for you, but like, yeah, like they, they went after an animator. They didn't go after like the lead writer or yeah, the game director it, exactly design director. And, like, and not yeah. that that's more acceptable no but, not at all it's, 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 it's more yeah. it's more logical to just trying to understand where the fuck you're coming from totally doesn't make it okay but like yeah like they went and they specifically attacked this one woman who was no longer with bioware mm-hmm. and like it's yeah it's, it's really shitty like that S- behavior is never okay speaking of which sort of tangentially related there's this animator uh or artist for naughty dog her name is uh her Twitter handle is B-E-A-V-S, like Beavs. And I can't remember her. Her, her first name is Alexandra. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Beavs. Um, and she uh, made some joke about intersectional feminism or something. Mm. And a bunch of like at Twitter eggs and shitty dudes replied to it being like, you're cancer. Can't wait for people to like you to die out. Uh, and a whole bunch of random shit like that. So she was like, I made a donation to Girls Make Games uh, in honor of you boys, thanks for helping out. And she made like a five hundred dollar donation. Awesome. And and then that inspired like thousands of other um, developers to donate thousands of dollars to Girls Make Games, which is a camp for girls to go to and learn how to make games and hopefully inspire them to get in- involved in the industry. It's I love stories like that because yeah. like it's taking a horrible, horrible thing and then rubbing it in the and turning it around yeah. and like rubbing it in their faces. It's like resiliency too on her yeah. on her end of like being able to stand up to all these horrible yep. people that do awful things yeah. to women on the internet often. Yeah. And it's you shouldn't harass anybody and it, it sucks that women are it sucks that anybody's getting harassed. It sucks even more that women are like disproportionately targeted for mm-hmm. just existing in this industry. Uh, and I don't think that's okay. Obviously, I, I think Zoe Quinn um, from Twitter, mm-hmm. of course, game developer from from Twitter.com, from Twitter.com. Uh, on her Twitter.com, mm-hmm. um, posted a, a comment on Bioware's sort of statement out against the uh, against the harassment, and her point basically was: it seems like Bioware is kind of saying like not it before saying harassment is bad, and I right. thought that that was really interesting too. Um, I don't I don't have their statement up, but it basically said hey, by the way, this person doesn't work for us and we also hate harassment. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. I can't be one to, to, to be the PR or corporate, yeah. for, or corporate PR for this company, but like... Can you imagine like... against the, harassment. Can you imagine being the onboarding people for like hiring community managers for Bioware? Oh. Like to, to <laughs> accept a job like that, you must know what you're getting into. Well, and they probably have like dozens of people that are responsible for responding to player feedback and fans and yeah. stuff. Well, it's so, like I, a few of my friends are... Like I know the community manager of Overwatch. Right. I know the community manager for Destiny. Yep. Um, and like, and and with those games, there's some people who just love them so much, and like, like they're they're involved in a pretty cool community. But yeah, like the shit that they have to deal with sometimes is just insane. For more context, which we probably should have said earlier, though, like <laughs> Mass Effect Three came out. It was a great game, and then people got to the ending. And it wasn't satisfying for a lot of people for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, it could be well, and like a big promise of the series, like five, six years prior, was yeah. that like all three of these games are going to be interconnected, and all of your decisions were like affected yeah. the ending of the game. Because right. you as a player actually yeah. made dialogue choices and, and actions within the game that yeah. you, you, fundament- you, fundamentally changed the story th- that right. you were building for years over across multiple games, and so then, yeah, the the ending was a little uh, milk toast. It was a little <laughs> underwhelming. It. I think it would have been impossible to satisfy oh, everybody totally. anyway. Yeah. But I think that like 
this is so cliche to say, but like it's really more about the journey than the destination. And yeah. like the, the final so moments it, of Mass Effect 3 before it's more about the ending. It's the journey than the destiny. Correct. Yes. <laughs> right. Because of video games. games. Yeah. No, but like I think I, I played Mass Effect 3 um, and I think that the final moments, and it's kind of throwaway dialogue, but like you, you do talk to like almost everybody that you've interacted with. Yes. And that added a, like a huge sense of closure. It's like as long the as actual, they were alive. Right. Because Mine were all. Cause people I, can I, die. I killed all my favorite people. <laughs> no. Mikey, no. That's bad. Uh, mainly the, the, who's the good science boy? Uh, Morden. Morden. Morden oh, died at the God. end of two for me. And you I was so end of two. Lore. So you missed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, you, you missed died at the end of two. scene in three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he died whenever I went to go kill the, uh, um, the, the collectors. The, the collectors. Yeah. Those bad boys. Oh, you had to take them with you on your whole team because mm. of this concussion attack. Yeah. That's so good. I think I took Jack with me because Jack Jack is who was my romance. And I have to too. I have to close this thread because we were we okay. were providing context. Mass Effect Three didn't end the right way, and then after months and months of like shitty shitty backlash and harassment, Bioware was like, okay, okay, we'll like add some DLC that changes the ending to make fans happier, and uh, they didn't do a great job of that of appeasing fans. I don't think, but like the fact that like consumers had that much power over a company to do something it's kind of scary like yeah i don't know how you guys where you guys land on that to me i think that is i don't know it sort of like interrupts the artistic process or something other that's like less pretentious than that but like it yeah no with no context it's almost liberating in a way like your words matter but when you add all the context it's just like yeah no they like these people were were bad to begin with and they just sort of like harassed this company yeah so yeah. In the in the video that i was talking to you guys about before we recorded um like it's a game design series by mark brown on youtube where he and the specific video I'm, I'm thinking of he talks about whether or not dark Souls should have an easy mode yeah. and ultimately it comes down like his thesis comes down to that um, game developers are trying to elicit a certain feeling mm-hmm. and they have a certain vision in mind and they want to get a like specific reaction out of a player. And like something that I've kind of um, been trying to actively do to shift my perspective on how I view games is view them as more as like an art form like you would like paintings or music or movies mm-hmm. as like this is something that somebody created and less as like an entertainment product. Yeah. Like I'm and oh yeah like I, i'm trying to shift my mind that way and i've been watching a lot of like game design videos for that and like i personally think that like no like you have like people like todd howard who have this like grand vision of what they mm-hmm. want to create and like you know and and even though he encourages people to like fuck with that through like mods and stuff but like like so many people have these grand visions like like I, and i think a big part of that is actually is zelda for me because like i, I know i talk about how amazing it is every week but like <laughs> Like it's just like so profound whenever somebody has a vision for something and then they they create it and yeah. they succeed on it. Like, um, and back to the Dark Souls thing. Like, um, Miyazaki, the creator of that, said like, no, like I, the, these games won't have an easy mode because the thing, the point of these games is I want to elicit this like great feeling of accomplishment after you overcome mm-hmm. like a seemingly impossible obstacle. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that. That's the whole point of Dark Souls. Yep. And Capra demon. Yeah. And and yeah. Like for what little little tiny thread of dark souls you played brian like whenever I respect it yeah yeah when, whenever you like arch you know going after something so many times like you finally get that feeling it's like overwhelming how rewarding that is and like and that's what he's trying to elicit and in mass effect they had something in mind and even though 
people might not have received it so well. Like, if that was their vision, then that's what it should be. Yep. It's that weird, like, difference yeah. between how, like, you should let the artist make you feel versus yeah how yeah. much agency you should put and, over how you and feel. more recently sure. final fantasy 15 did that as well where they changed that chapter that everyone was kind of bitching about i feel like that i feel like they knew it was bad going in yeah, yeah oh yeah and, and and you know it's hard to tell right the chicken or the egg in that situation right, 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 right. because they turned it around pretty quick for yeah. that to have been like purely fan reaction but yeah i just think like this really doesn't happen in any other medium except for kanye west and the life of pablo like no <laughs> yeah. one changes their album no one change rewrites their well, well blade runner yeah, I don't know. Blade Runner like, has like twelve cuts, but it's not huh. because people freak out. No, no, no. It's because Ridley Scott's yeah, just a mad scientist. Yeah, Star Wars is the same then, right? The early ones. I so, but still, <laughs> I feel like that's all up to no, the creator. No, that, that's, that's just George Lucas trying to be a dickhead <laughs> with the special editions of the original yeah. trilogy. I don't know. It just seems like no one has this much pressure in creating yes. stuff to like. Oh yeah, no, listen like, to their fans. Like, and part of me wonders like if they if they spent too much time like well, our fans like really want to fuck all the aliens. So maybe we should put all of our focus on that. And then like <laughs> everything else just like fell off or I don't, it's just, I just, it just sucks, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, when it comes to my impressions, uh, I think that if you read any review, you're going to get a pretty honest take on yeah. how the game is. I think that there are a lot of road bumps, well, but I think Bioware thrives within innovation. Yeah. Sure. And for what issues the first game will have, I think that we'll all be talking about a sequel at some point that will, be very great you know like yeah. these, a lot of it's like tangible constructive criticism yeah patricia hernandez from kotaku said that the dialogue was too um outdated and that they needed to innovate based off of games like oxen free um and she also listed the mr robot um mobile game which is made by the same company yeah um uh the ui is something that you know, just hire someone who can actually like really focus that UI and to make it intuitive is also a constructive thing that they can change. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just think that there are a lot of constructive things that we'll see in the future um, that like this solid foundation will, will innovate on very well. Yeah. That's why like mass effect two and uh, a game like dragon age inquisition were so good because they came off of the shoulders of games that had tangible things that they could yeah. fix. That's a yeah, good point. And, and for what it's worth, if you know, you shouldn't, judge how good a game is based on metacritic but if yeah. like on metacritic it was at, at a 75 right now yeah which is good that's totally respectable a, yeah. and like the game's gonna sell no matter what but then the user reviews are like a three and it's just like i'm shaking my head Mob yeah mentality <laughs> yeah and, and it, it's it's totally it and yeah like people just like latch onto a thing and they just you know like like trying to tank it i forget what it was where somebody was like trying to like overwhelm a video with like thumbs downs Call on YouTube. Duty infinite warfare debut trailer yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and like it's like like, yeah, that game sold like gangbusters and it reviewed super well. It's like, yeah. like it's just people kind of being pissy at a thing that like, and again, like this was largely before the full game was out. Yeah. Like people had the like tiny sliver of what the game, you know, eventually was like ex- accessible on EA access. Like, do you guys think that, um, you're, you're speaking how Mass Effect two and three, like built off of iterative things and tangible criticisms and stuff like using that logic. Couldn't you assume that Andromeda would build off of three pretty good, games or do you think that there's something like my theory is that because they're starting new with new characters Mm -hmm. they couldn't build off of like existing relationships and like existing feelings players had toward certain people a a lot of people still really liked one and aren't one's good getting the same feelings like most people think two is the The peak of of the series um and and even then i still think people like at large find three more enjoyable than one 
Um, mm-hmm. So that, that that is a fair assessment, but you still see people just kind of being like, no, I don't get the same feeling of discovery. And like, yeah. apparently there's primarily only like a, a handful of alien races where it's like one, you're almost overwhelmed with how many there were and how diverse like this, yeah. uh, this place was. And like, what I found interesting, I think it was Austin Walker talking about how like in the like Mass Effect games, like the main hero who's like a pretty important dude is would just like go to a planet to try to save like a scientist. Solve small problems. Yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. like, yeah, like no problem was like too mundane for them to go solve. Mm-hmm. And like, it had a very like, like star Trek next generation vibe because of that, where it's like, right. like every little thing matters. Like it, things would get very deep. And then like in this game, like every like massive problem is solved by this, like one just kind of like dude. Hmm. I think that, I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to compare it directly to mass effect one, because I think mass effect one, May like was substantial because it was new. I think with Andromeda, um, the the word that comes to mind is like maybe complacency, but I think that that almost comes out of this like lazy dev thing, and that which I don't agree with at all. Right. Um, I just think that maybe like Mass Effect had established itself already, and so they, and so building Andromeda you know, they had to make decisions as to what were they going to reinvent and what were they going to just work with, mm-hmm. and so. You know, it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But maybe there were some things they could have fixed. Yeah. Well, with, like with Andromeda, and so I, I, I guess that that's where I'm coming from with it. In that, like, they just sort of gave it a shot and threw something out there for people to work with, and, and the next one will be better. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of it is kind of like what happened to No Man's Sky, where just like the hype on it was just totally like unsurmountable. Yeah. Because yeah. like I remember at yeah. E3, like they were just like here's some concept art of what we're doing on Mass Effect. Uh-huh, and everyone's uh-huh. like, oh my God, the new yeah. Mass Effect's going to be amazing. I was like, they didn't fucking show anything. Right. Like, like oh, yeah, I, I agreed with like, that too. They, they never showed anything up until like, I think at E3, you finally got like a little bit of footage. And even then it was like very little, like, like there was not a whole lot out about this game until right before release. And like, yeah. I never understood the hype behind it because I didn't know what I was getting into, especially yeah. after No Man's Sky, where right, like, yeah. that's a game that we, well, maybe, I mean, maybe, yeah, would it have would it have been possible for them to like see what happened with No Man's Sky and just like kind of tone down their marketing for it or something? I well, that. no, Especially because, because it's Mass Effect. I know, but like they're aware of their fan base too. Yeah, they, know know. they have the I, potential to be volatile. I, I think. Yeah, I think they will learn from that for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I think with, with No Man's Sky is a totally new thing, and that right. promised to be like the game to end all games because it was so big and they could do yeah. anything, yeah. which had like a five minute segment on every press conference. Yeah, yep. um, and then yeah, Mass Effect it was just like everyone was just totally banking off of. Um, what the series was. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd be really curious to hear like someone who's never played one, two or three, like what their opinion on, on drama is. Cause like it's impossible. Everyone that I've heard talking about it, uh, has, has said, has had like extensive history with the series yeah. already. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting just to see if like, it, no, this is a totally fine game, but like, it's just different. Yeah. You know, there was a host on GameSpot's the lobby. I listened to that mm-hmm. for the first time today, um, who hadn't played it and he, really didn't like it i don't think oh, okay yeah he was Never mind just, like this is not great for him yeah um, yeah and i can i can totally see where that that comes from but um yeah no i the the ad the the, the hype for the game or i guess like the marketing i think it started on the n7 day which i think is like is that november 7th that's where they I celebrate know, mass maybe. effect yeah um because of it's it's related to an in-game th- um thing um, i think that's when they first announced that had like their, their reveal trailer and then mm-hmm. i think the playstation experience or it was that or the um the playstation pro unveiling is where they showed some gameplay 
And I then can't remember. Trickled out from there. Yeah. yeah, they showed like 4K gameplay there and HDR gameplay. That's cool. And then the like footage just sort of slowly trickled out from from then until now. But yeah, I, I felt like compared to other Mass Effect games, partially because I went into it pretty blind, but also yeah. because maybe there wasn't enough info that I just felt less informed compared to thinking about how like knowledgeable I was about Mass Effect 2 before it came out. Like I yeah. knew all the classes, I knew the story, I knew the buildup. Yeah, play it. Play the EA Access trial. It's five dollars on Xbox or PC, and uh, I like playing it on PC more than Xbox. I think the mouse and keyboard really contribute well to the control style. Speaking, I mean, actually, that's not really a good segue. I was gonna say like this is sort of related because it deals with like not great uh, attitudes and actions, but something that we feel is sort of impossible to avoid is what happened yeah. with kind of funny and Colin Moriarty this last week and a half or so. Yeah. And like we all, I think I don't want to speak for you guys, even though I'm pretty sure I know how you feel like, yeah. Um, yeah. Colin Moriarty from kind of funny kind of tweeted out a, or he, he did tweet out a joke on a quote joke yeah. on a international women's day. That was, we feel was in very poor taste. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of backlash to it. And then um, we no nobody outside that group really knows how much of it was, the response, how much of it was Colin mm-hmm. wanting to leave, but then on mon- that Monday, following Monday, they announced that Colin was leaving kind of funny. Effective immediately. Yeah, like, like, like yeah. as of that day, and then, you know, that was last week, and this week he just launched his new Patreon for his mm-hmm. new project, but um, yeah, yeah, we just, I felt it was disingenuous for us to not talk about it, just because a major conceit of this show was to, it was, we wanted to talk about our Twitter feeds, yeah. essentially, yeah. like, um, and it's, yeah, and the like, show's sort of about culture. Yeah, and like, in games, so. I feel like, a lot of people have kind of talked at length about how acceptable that is or isn't. And yeah, um, I, my, my thing, feelings on it are that uh, he's a guy who kind of put a target on himself and invited any challengers to his worldview to yeah. come debate him. And he said something people didn't like. And then next thing you know, he was gone from the company that he co-founded. Right. And then also the next thing you know is that he's got like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars on Patreon a month to Oh, I think I think it's up to like thirty five. Okay. Jeez. Well geez. Yeah. Um I think like when I I was telling you guys earlier that like he so he was a host of a show called Podcast Beyond on IGN and it was like the first show that I first podcast that I like yeah. listened to almost religiously. Just yeah. like every single week, him and Greg and whoever was like fulfilling the hosting duties yeah. that Andrew Goldfarb for the longest time. Ryan Clements. Oh God. All these yeah. People. I forgot about Ryan Clements. Yeah. Um, and I think even at a younger age, I was like 16 or 17. I knew that like, I didn't always agree with his politics, but like those things weren't as like prevalent then. Like it wasn't as easy for me to just like read his Twitter feed about like, yeah, like pre tea party. Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. And then, um, over the last couple of years, I've like distanced myself from that whole group because I think just in general, some of kind of funny's content could like, I don't, I don't think they're aware of how um, potentially bad their audience can be if they, yeah. if they tweet out these sort of jokes under the auspices of yeah. just joking, you know? Uh, um, and some yeah, of their and shows are a little problematic for my taste too. Like, yeah, no, and I, I, a lot of it is just not in my taste. Yeah. I've, I've met Greg Miller a handful of times and he's actually like incredibly delightful mm-hmm. as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have run into Tim Gettys like once or twice and I never had any interactions yeah, yeah. with Nick Scarpino. And like, I, I, I don't dislike those guys. I, again, like I really wasn't a fan of a lot of, uh, Collins. Uh, like I disagreed with them on a lot of yeah. things and I'm not a fan of, uh, a lot of stuff they kind of put out there, but, um, you know, ultimately it was just a, a lot of guys who 
had a passion, followed mm-hmm. it, and like, I yeah. I, again, I just kind of feel like like their whole thing is that they kind of want to talk about whatever they want to talk about. Yeah, I feel like, like they sort of do the thing where like, you know, when when you're just hanging out with your friends and you just like totally yeah just it's, say stuff it's, off it's, the cuff. it's kind of unrestricted and yeah. unfiltered and, and they like, made an audience out of it well, they all live in a house or an apartment together don't they, they used to they, they have a studio now oh, yeah gotcha. um yeah and I, I feel like it just it invites an audience that yeah um like doesn't quite know the line between a joke or something yeah, serious and, and I, or, I have people who like really agreed with like the majority of those dudes mm-hmm. like I have, I have a lot of close friends who like you know are not to say like they're like less political correct than me or they're not as yeah. like you know left-leaning or whatever as i am but like they're definitely more of that audience who've like who have dealt like with their like fan groups and stuff and like were like chased out with like like torches and pitchforks because they had like pretty moderate views and like yeah just like had yeah yeah terrible interactions with that community and like and i hate to say it because like the the podcast beyond group like i've been to so many like ign meet Mm -hmm. and greets and like some of the like the greatest and like coolest people I met through there. I think the people that show up, the people that are like actually yeah engaged with yeah. the community are probably fine. But, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. There's not really much to say without like getting ourselves in trouble. I don't think. Yeah, and but but it just goes to show that like you might think you have like a good community, and then someone could say something wrong, and like yeah. the divide that's come since Colin's tweet between like people who vehemently support him, who view Greg and others, or like throwing him under the bus. And like all of this yeah. stuff is crazy. Like, apparently, to me. he left of his own accord. Right? Like, who knows? Yeah. Who knows how much of it was like? Okay, it's time for me to move on. Like, hey, you guys don't need this noise. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I just felt it was disingenuous because we yep. like our yeah again like we all of, this is tied in some way back. Yeah, because yeah. like we want to talk about games culture, and that was that was the topic of games mm-hmm. culture for yeah. like half a week. So yeah, and as someone who never really followed Colin or any of that stuff at all and yep. so these being my first impressions of him like you know just generally not impressed like yeah this some of the stuff people sort of have like said in response to it just sort of i and, think gives you a really good view as to how yeah. folks look yeah. at him yeah. in the industry and absolutely kind of sucks yep he sucks <laughs> Sorry. i might edit that part out <laughs> we uh should move on to you have a little theory real quick before we move into like everything we played but you wanted to talk about the future of the switch yeah. you, have a, you have an idea yeah, so I just kind of wanted to, like, because Brian and I, we both have our Switches, and we've been playing a lot with them, and, you know, we're kind of Real, seeing... May I interrupt? I, I've i been checking religiously to see if Switches are going to be back in stock anywhere, yeah. and I can't say definitively if they were in stock, whether I'd have one or not, but I, I, I think keep on looking. This, <laughs> yeah, like, this week or next week is the week that they're supposed to get stocks replenished. Well, this and, week or next week, I'm getting married, so... Yeah, um, <laughs> and, like, yeah. N- Nintendo a, has said that they're, mm, like, console. doubling down mm. on their production, like... <laughs> their production output because they, they don't want to do this apparently like they're actually like okay we don't want to do this like fake mm-hmm. you know low stock thing to try to like create demand like because they realize like no we actually need these to sell yeah um but right because like in theory they haven't sold a switch in the week since it launched yeah right yeah. like i think they've sold a million and a half now and that's yeah probably plateaued and, and i can't yes. even imagine the attach rate for zelda like it, it's i'm sure it's as close to one-to-one as anything's ever been what else are you gonna play which I, is mean, a binding of isaac you know what i mean but like to the mass consumer i'm setsuna horrible precedent for the industry if super if Nintendo Bomberman can R. pull off launching Shut a console up. without a pack-in <laughs> and then everybody else does but i guess that's how it's all how it's been for a while now that i yeah. think about that out loud yeah yeah because like, i mean if you had ps plus you got a game with ps4 otherwise right. no Right. Um, yeah. Xbox, like a couple of like 
$50 more expensive SKUs had them. Um, the the, the Wii U it, yeah. had a more expensive SKU to get Nintendo Land. Like, really, since the Wii, there hasn't really been a platform release that didn't have packed in games. I guess we're talking like at launch date because yeah, know, by yeah. the end of the by holiday season. They're anyway, packing. yeah, yeah, they haven't but, sold the Switch since forever ago. Yeah. Can you have an idea? No, well, yeah, I just kind of wanted to like think of like where it's gonna be, like mm-hmm. whether at the end of the year, or end of next year, like, um, because I've like I've been playing Binding of Isaac a lot um, when I'm not playing Zelda, and it has the same issue that the Wii had in that there's a few like frame rate drops. It's a little mm-hmm. um, unsteady, and I think, like, I have, I don't want to necessarily, like, bet on anything, mm-hmm. but I could very feasibly see them having a pro dock that does some processing oh, power whoa. for the um, for the Switch, yeah. and so then it's mm-hmm. more of going to, like, kind of like what the, I think the PSTV did, um, where it's, like, you're going to basically be streaming to the device, like, kind of like the Wii U gamepad. Yeah. Huh. Like, I would not be surprised if there's a pro version that is actually just, like, a dock in the near future, just because, like that I got the dock and it's like, oh, this is really just a large piece of plastic that's a USB a Type-C through. to yeah. HDMI converter. So are you saying that they're going to release a new Switch or a new dock? A new Switch will probably come eventually, but I think there's going to be a like a pro dock that is mm. going to be... Um, it's going to handle some of the processing power because... I wonder how that would work. Yet. Yeah. Well, like, I think that it would... Because it has, like, a Wi-Fi connection, so, like... They're on it. There is an airplane mode, mm-hmm. so that it won't connect to wireless controllers. Like you can have the Joy Cons connected to it, but the mm-hmm. second you pull them out, like you need to turn off airplane mode in order to use them as wireless controllers. Doesn't that debunk the launch trailer where that guy was playing with them on the plane? No, no. But so like you can have it off airplane mode on an airplane. What? So so <laughs> airplane, <laughs> air, airplane mode is, is basically just term for a, like disabling all yes yes um and and that's basically to, to save battery yeah so okay. like if when i'm taking it out like i'm not like i don't need it connected to wi-fi or anything i will turn on yeah. airplane mode and yeah. i will play it with the joy cons attached to the con- to the console i'm just talking more about like in the launch trailer i'm pretty sure there's a guy who stands at the kickstand and, and yeah, is but, on an airplane using the wireless yeah. controllers but airplanes also have wi-fi and then you can leave your phone on and use the wi-fi yes yeah with airplane mode on, my phone. Anyways, this is no. Dumb. So the, the, airpl- the airplane <laughs> mode just means that it doesn't have outward or like any yeah. like wireless gotcha. connectivity active. Um, so, so, I, so bad radio. Anyways, I'm yeah. I'm curious to see if that's even possible because I feel like the console, it, this the tablet itself is the console. So I don't know how you'd add extra power. Well, no, I, I, I so what I imagine is that it's going to be a just like screenless console that's going to stream video to oh, the I pad. See. Oh, in, in, in order to alleviate the processing power of the oh, handheld. I see. So I, I, in the way that like we have like now the, the PS yeah. Pro and like the Scorpius coming out as like more powerful versions of that. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine that there's going to just be a dock. So so that that way, because I feel like that's the easiest way to like not make the switch extra bulky and like create a more cumbersome handheld. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, when you're at home, like you don't need to worry about like these frame rate drops because mm-hmm. like you have a pro dock. Yeah, because, like, Zelda, like, the frame rate drops quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, never enough to really take me out of the game. Um, so when you do dock the Switch into the Pro Dock, does it look better on your TV? Well, I, I imagine oh, so, because yeah, it would just yeah, be okay. more processing. Interesting. Um, like, I mean, th- th- this is just my yeah. theory. I mean, it, that, that technology exists. I know that the Razer Blade, Razer Blade Stealth, that Razer's like MacBook Air competitor laptop has a they have thing what's called the Razer Core and that's it it's a USB 
um, C- it's a USB-C like dock basically that connects into the Razer Blade Stealth mm-hmm. that c- allows you to plug in a full-size graphics card and then um, you can play games that will process through that graphics card and then broadcast in their higher settings on on the laptop. So okay. basically, if you could like attach a, a MacBook Air to a supercharger, yeah, like, that's yeah. what it is. No, like, I, I imagine it working like the way that the Wii U gamepad did or like mm. uh, remote play on Vita did. Okay. Like, okay. I can yeah. see it working. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I imagine that that's going to be the future for a more powerful Switch. It is pretty crazy that they got the Wii U gamepad to run with like no latency at all. Yeah. Yeah, like you're was, you're playing the game on the gamepad. Gamepad, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, like the gamepad, I don't know how much actual like power anything was in that. Um, Not much, because because it like even on launch date, it did feel kind of like a toy. Yeah, and when I got my Switch, it's like holy shit, this is this like is a, hardware. D- d- yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is a machine. Feels good. Um, well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Switch. Yeah, d- d- just because um, like at this point, that's where I want to play like the majority of my games. Like yeah. If, I, was, I was thinking the other night how about how I wanted to play Mass Effect on Andromeda on it so bad. Yeah, like Mass Effect. Um, something else. Do you guys, have you guys gotten used to like the size of the controls? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine. Well, and, like and Brian and I each have a pro controller, so like oh, whenever yeah. we're actually just like playing it on TV, like that's great. Like I actually really like the pro controller. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from like the things that like Patrick Klepek's been tweeting about and like some dudes from Kotaku about the button mapping. Oh yeah, button mapping's um, not fun. But. but like so in like Japanese games like. Every once in a while, there's like where like circle is the like uh, affirmative button, right? And then um, X, we're using no. like yeah. PlayStation lexicon, but like well, and yeah. because like that's just a thing in Japanese where mm-hmm. like a like the affirmative symbol is a circle, right? And the the like negative um, is a cross is a cross. So yeah. like, and then America came in. Yep. Yeah. Then America came in. Um, to our A's and B's. And so those buttons are mapped to Japanese PlayStation controls, like mm-hmm. in in the same way, at least like they're in the same spots. Right. So like, I totally understand where the disconnect is. And, yeah. um, Nintendo controllers have been mapped like that since the super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think that, that like they've been as, yeah, people are complaining cause it doesn't seem like they've been as relevant. Well, and it's, yeah, it's because the Xbox was yeah, incredibly huge. popular yeah. last generation, but um, anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with the switch. Cause yeah. I, I legitimately think it's a great piece of hardware. And mm-hmm. if enough people pick it up, like, I genuinely think that it has a chance of taking off and being another success. Like, not quite the Wii, because nothing before or since. <laughs> that was an anomaly. Nothing will ever yeah, like, like happen like that for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. I, I definitely think it has way more legs than the Vita. Yeah. Way more legs than the Wii U. It's a buy a Switch. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I genuinely the love the Switch's hardware, and, you know, <laughs> and online features aren't even out on it. Yeah. Um, Use your money to fun to the things i love yeah. oh brian are you gonna play the uh splatoon thing next weekend oh yeah okay if if there's any way to pair up like we should play the fuck out of splatoon yeah. together um i'm really excited for that cool guys um i played a game called type shift on my iphone yeah i i played a little bit of that as well was it because i told you to um i'd actually seen it and then you pushed me over the edge cool They're playing right now i'm looking at my phone right now so type um, shift is a game by a uh, new york based game designer named zach gage um, and he has made a bunch of cool games like Spell Tower. Uh, he worked on Ridiculous Fishing with Lambeer. Oh, oh, I fucking love Ridiculous okay, I Fishing. I have to buy this game. Oh, it's, it's free. free. Uh, funny story, Brian. It's uh, Get this costs game. nothing. Um, unless you want to remove the ads, which is I nothing. highly recommend buying some uh, packs for it. But it's a, um, it's a word game, like a word puzzle game, where uh, you're given like a set of tiles. Each one has a letter and you can slide each column up and down to match the letters to form a word. And some puzzles have you try to find as many words as you can or like a certain number of words. Um, 
and then uh, there's the, the better mode, in my opinion, is a, is a mode called clue mode, where oh, you're God, given basically looks... like 10 co- crossword puzzle clues. Yeah. Given the same set of tiles. So you try to like slide and create words based on the clues, and then you press the clue, and then like, um, if you're right, the clue will be filled in, and any letters that aren't in the other answers will be removed from the puzzle. I just read that directly from the help screen. <laughs> um, to be honest, I'm probably not going to like this game. It's because you're it's, bad it's, at it's word actually, games. I'm bad at words. It's actually pretty fun. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually had a lot of times where yeah, like I'm I'm just so like I just randomly throw stuff together because I'm so lost. Yeah, um, you can kind of brute force your way through it sometimes, yeah. but like it's it actually feels like it's challenging me the way that crossword puzzle does. Yeah, no, it's it's actually really good. Like I, yeah, I'd, I'd seen it a bunch and I was like, mm-hmm. that looks really neat. And I, and I like word puzzles. And then yeah, and then you finally pushed me over the edge and I got it and. So there's something about Zach Gage games. Um, you can tell that he really loves words and like taking established like types of games mm-hmm. and p- putting them on their head a little bit and like making them unique. He also released a game called Sage Solitaire, which I really like. It's just like a little variant on Solitaire. And then also he's the one, I don't know if you guys remember Really Bad Chess, the one that came out. Oh, I love Really Bad Chess. <laughs> uh, really Bad Chess is a game that like randomizes your chess pieces um, and it forces you to play. Yeah, you could have like three queens yeah. and four rooks or oh my something. Gosh, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's totally like I don't know if it's totally randomized because mm-hmm. I think there are some that are like preset. Right. Um. But it, it's crazy, and I'm super bad at chess, yeah. and that actually I think might make it harder. Yeah. Um. Unless like I get three queens and they have like a bishop instead of a queen. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I can actually probably win this one. So what I really love about Type Shift is that. Um, like with a crossword you're given like often i also subscribe to the new york times crossword um and i (laughs) i'll do it every once in a while Rhodes is a good boy (laughs) uh but you'll get like 50 clues for that and it's sometimes like actually oftentimes very overwhelming yeah what's nice about type shift is like you're given like what is usually no more than like a seven word sorry a seven letter type like tile set um and it's super limited in that way in that you can like I've never spent more than 15 minutes on a puzzle, even though if, if even, even if I have to like brute force my way through it, I'm never taking too much time. And what's interesting is that it actually gets more satisfying and like in a way easier, the more words you solve for the clues. No, cause yeah. like, cause it'll, you, you'll find yourself eliminating letters. You're like, okay, I don't need that one anymore. And like some strategies are like to like, okay, there's a Q here. So that means that there has to be a U after it. Or like yeah. this consonant never sits with this vowel just, just or whatever. Just the process of elimination. Yeah. And like, playing with it is super super fun um and it yeah it's like it's replaced my bus activity like i ride the bus yeah. every single day to work and that is the thing that i do on the bus now some of the clues are a little like obtuse well i i and think the, i recognize some of the names because i think he hired yeah. like he works with crossword puzzle writers mm-hmm. like he's he made some zach gage made some of his own puzzles but he also hired people to like create puzzles for him yeah so some what were you gonna say some of the clues are a little yeah so, so some of the clues are just like really obtuse and then like it's like like what the fuck is that supposed to be and then yeah. like i'll kind of throw the word together and like sometimes i'll just like okay i made out a word i'm just gonna tap on all the clues to see yeah, if it's one of them i do that too um, <laughs> i hate admitting it but i do that yeah. too and and then like i'll get it and i'll be like oh yeah i, I that's that's right um yeah so like I'm looking at it now. Um, one of the clues I got for this six letter or seven letter uh, puzzles: mm-hmm. some are black, others straw. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that one. Those berries. Yeah. 
Um, and then you can be sworn to it, and the answer was secrecy. Mm-hmm. And they ride with friends and Kens, and that was Barbie. Yeah. But like, I'm stuck on this one. It's like a bold stance that often collapses. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, that one took me a little while too. Um, and and then like, I'm sure I'll get it. I haven't gotten it yet. Mm. Um, and then I'll just be like, oh yeah, okay. So what's but, great about these games too yeah. is that Zach Gage typically supports his games for years. Mm-hmm. Like he released Spell Tower at least three years ago, and he just put out a new update with it that like is tied to the Merriam-Webster dictionary like this game is. Huh. And uh, you can tell that like there's infrastructure in there to keep buying packs as they come out. Cause like the, yeah. the base game you'll only really get through in like maybe, I don't know, not many, not much time. Right. Yeah. The real draw is like buying more packs and uh, he gets the, enough to get his hooks in you. Yeah. Do you have to I, pay money for packs only or can you purchase them through in game progress? Uh, you, you do not unlock packs. You have to pay for them and it's, they're only like $2 a pack and like I bought two and I think I'm not even through the first one yet. So given, you know, so the packs are, I'd say they're worth it. Yeah. Yeah, Especially so you can get like the, the, cause the free ones are like 12 puzzles. You can get way more than that with the packs. Okay, cool. And I, I've only bought the clue ones because like I said, I think the clue ones are more fun Yeah. Cause it challenges you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely brute force your way through the other puzzles. Cause like as soon as you meet the word, you don't have to do anything with it. It just automatically clicks it. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's type shift. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's free. You can download it. If you don't like it, don't play it. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing more Neo. I think I'm like five, five or six bosses away from that. You guys were just talking from about it. What? From beating it. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. What did I say? You said I'm, I'm five or six bosses from that. From oh, that. from beating it. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, you were just talking about how Miyazaki was all like, I want to give players a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the last few bosses, I haven't really been feeling that. They're more yeah. tedious. Have you me. been like beating them on your first try? or If not my first try, like maybe my fifth. And and, that's and, it, not, and it's not like, oh, I found like the clever thing about it. Like, okay, yes. There's no like actual strategy to a lot of these. I'm doing the exact same thing with every single one, which is mm-hmm. like... Memorizing their patterns and then just like... I mean, not like memorizing like, oh, I finally have like yeah figured uh, it out just sort of like being like okay it does this thing and yeah. then if i'm like this far away from him right then i think i'm gonna be okay so what, what i'm surprised with this game is that i have this ninja skill called a blinding shell mm-hmm. which i throw it at enemies and it obscures their vision or something so yeah, they the, can't like, like a little smoke bomb or whatever sort of but like yeah. they'll start attacking wildly mm-hmm. or they'll do their same attack patterns but like kind of yeah. not aimed at you so like it's super easy if you play the way i do to just like get a lot of those like i have four yeah. of them and with each one, I can get their health down pretty significantly, and I don't rely on it all the time. But yeah. it's basically just like throwing them with that if they're like kind of a bigger enemy or if they're mm-hmm. stationary, and then like kind of just making my way behind them, and then using my quick attacks to like fuck yeah. them up, and then they blow their stamina. I do uh, a parry or whatever they call it, yeah. and like rinse and repeat, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's the last boss that I just fought was actually different because it was like this giant boss and I had to attack certain body parts for it to like, it, cool. this is like traditional gamey stuff where like yeah. you, you beat down like one of his limbs and then he falls down and then you attack his head, rinse and repeat yeah. for each limb. Um, that kind of reminds me of like the giant skeleton in Dark Souls 3. Yeah. Like we have to like destroy his bracelets, but like that, that was actually like really intense and mm-hmm. like really cool. And like, so it's like providing a totally different type of play style. Cause you are yeah. fighting typically more like people who are your size or bigger. Just a little bit. Yeah. Bigger. Like that's the thing that like was weird for me. Like looking at Neo is that like you just fight like other samurai sometimes a lot, a lot of time. Like, mm-hmm. but like what I love about dark souls is the idea of like, 
you're like sometimes you're just hacking at an ankle yeah. for yeah, a yeah, long time yeah right like, like and waiting for them to just sort of collapse and then I, you like, know so i don't think i'll ever forget the first time i tried to take on the dancer of the burial valley in uh-huh. dark souls 3 because like you visit this cathedral early on mm-hmm. and the, there's like um there's like this old lady sitting in a chair that like you talk to for a while and like or actually, not not even the dancer. Um, it's the other uh, person from the Braille Valley. Uh, I've already forgotten all of this. Um, so like the dancer's like the big giant thing that like kind of has like these like cool like silky like snake like moves where he's like while waving his, yeah. and then like he kind of will like do like an overarching like kind of like Voldo from Soul Calibur. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> and uh, so you beat him, and then like like there's this like cathedral like above it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, it's something else with Burial Valley. Uh, not, I was just talking about how I can't forget it. Uh, <laughs> but it's like you walk into this massive cathedral and like there's just like a figure down at the end of it. It's, it's seriously like at least like a football field long, like this cathedral. And then you just like walk down the hallway and the dude just starts coming at you. And he's got like a fire sword and like like a dark spirit sword. Vort of the Burial Valley? The music gets ridiculously No, no, because that, that's the big ice monster. Yeah. Like it, it's the Pontiff. I'm thinking pontiff. of the Pontiff. Um I don't even think it was of the Braille Valley, but no. uh, yeah, like it's it's the the one guy that the person uh, one hit KO'd with by like doing all of the, like the most perfect buffs to oh beat this the is thing. a guy yes okay I, I yeah. yeah Pontiff Sylvain or whatever mm-hmm. Sol, um, Sol, yeah Sullivan Sullivan yeah um yeah like you just walk into this cathedral and it's like it's massive it's like the ceilings are like yeah. but then this 60, dude, like 70 said, feet tall he just like comes running right at you yeah and then like you have this, this, this massive fight. We're just tearing apart this cathedral. And like, like I never got that sense of awe and like wonder, like from something that wanted to just fucking destroy me. <laughs> and like, yeah, there, there are these moments in dark souls. And a lot of it is because like you see that cathedral mm-hmm. and you can't get to it. Like it's in like the centralized area that you've kind of passed through like three or four different times before, like you're of the correct level to get in there. Right. And like, just, I remember the, and like, even like before I'd, I'd gone there personally, like I saw that one hit KO video. Yeah. I saw my friend post his uh, Facebook video, which also is like dark, the dark souls games were the first time and probably like maybe the only time that I've really given a shit about sharing stuff like mm-hmm. before Yakuza. Right. Because that game is just so bonkers. Um, and like, even though I'd seen it a couple of times, like my first time getting up there and like going to take on this guy is just like this sense of wonder. Yeah. And like, just, I, very few things have given me a rush like that. Yeah. Like, like that, that one fight might've been like one of the big reasons why that was my favorite game of last year. Yeah. Um, Neo doesn't really have many memorable fights yeah. like that. It ain't hot. No, but, but it's, it's still fun and neat. And like, it, yeah. it, it does a lot I'm of what, beat it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it does a lot of what dark souls does great, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, it just doesn't kind of have the, <laughs> the soul. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. And I had to stop myself. <laughs> um, I got you. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, it, I don't get, the same feeling elicited in yeah. Neo that I did in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've also been playing, I'm not going to mention the one that's actually in the production document. And you're going to have to wait okay. till I play that one more. Okay. But like we never beat, we still haven't beaten Night in the Woods. And it's like <laughs> a lot longer than I expected. And it's almost it's to its long. detriment. I think if you're playing it the way we are, where it's just like yeah. every other day or, you know, mm. like an hour a night. Um, there are certain moments and, where I'm like, oh man, I do not need to sit through all this dialogue right now. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of the dream sequences, especially, uh, I think, are getting kind of old. I think me. there's only like 
three or four of them. I feel like I've done four or five maybe, but regardless, uh, like yeah. they take too no, long. I can't really see where I'm like, I'm jumping sometimes and I'll end up just falling yeah. down to the bottom. And, uh, so, and, and, and that was like Justin's big problems. Like each day, like, like I didn't see like for me, I really enjoyed yeah. like seeking out everybody and like seeing what they yeah. were doing on this given day. But it does kind of kill the pacing a bit. Like that's totally fair. And yeah. and like for me, like the enjoyment of like these individual stories, like yeah, and things that are happening without with or without your engagement, like was really interesting to me. Yep. But yeah, like you do kind of get this feeling, like this FOMO, like you don't want to miss out on a storyline. So you yeah, like slowly like like I'd start my day. You get out of the house, you go far to the right yep. to the bridge, and there's never really anything there except for like on one of the like seven like days in the game yeah um and then i'd go like halfway through to the left and then i would go up to the church and across yeah then i'd go back down and then i'd go all the way down to the um abandoned grocery store and then (laughs) and then i would choose which of the threads to follow and and that would be like maybe an hour yep so for me uh i do really like how the game there are certain areas where you can just like you can actually just tell the character to sit down, yeah, and just sort of like exist in the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when I've like I've just recorded little five second things on the PlayStation Four, mm-hmm. just to like go back and revisit because I love it when a game just lets you like exist in a space yeah. for a little bit and just sort of taking all the sights and the sounds and the music. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'll have much time to finish it. But uh, we should move on to what other people have been playing because we've talked a lot about all the games. I mean, Mass Effect, but yeah, what can I say it's it's good so like, yeah. okay we talked a lot about like it in the abstract i, I would say yeah. but like how do you find like the, when you know, you're the, like the gameplay loop yeah like when you're exploring a yeah. world like you're playing on pc with mouse and keyboard i am playing on pc um there's not a lot of exploring they're kind of exploring like you are uncovering the map as your character yeah. like goes through an area and they did add this like scanner not like i mean like similar to like something you would find in like metroid primer mm-hmm. other games where you have a, a a gadget that allows you to like look around you and analyze things so you can look at like a box and it would tell you what the box is made of what's in the box yeah. uh yeah well then you open the box and you get like random junk oh, that was a seven reference sorry yeah. go ahead I, 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 I... <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what else is there? There, I mean, it allows it allows you to like get a little bit more lore out of the game, like mm-hmm. scan like aliens you've never seen before once you once you've killed them. Oh and god! Like the, the, you just brought me back to like my first time playing Metroid Prime, uh-huh. where I was like, okay, I need to scan literally everything because it was like <laughs> packed with lore and her little mm-hmm. like uh, like encyclopedia advisor or whatever. But for whatever reason, in Mass Effect, that sounds counterintuitive. It doesn't really feel like it has a very good place in the game, and I. I think I would enjoy the game more without it. Yeah. Um, instead of instead of just maybe having like random AI banter, yeah. which is which would and, be awesome. And I feel like that's because Mass Effect was so good at world building without like just needless exposition. Yeah, I don't know why they added the scanner. I'm gonna be honest. Um, uh, how's yeah, the how's, combat? How's the shooting? I am definitely not the best like controller player. Like once I started really getting into PC gaming, like I've just never been as good with a controller as I used to be. And so I, if you watch the live stream, I'm, I sort of like complain about the controls uh, at least every once in a while. It felt floaty, the animations, which the character would like speed up and slow down sort of felt cumbersome. So the animations are bad. Animations are bad. Confirm fans of genre. Bad. (laughs) Damn it. 
as bad as anime. Um, uh, what kind of whoa. character are you playing, by the way? I'm playing the default male uh, Scott Ryder. I, I, I don't care about your... Like, what kind of class? Oh, I'm playing an engineer. Engineer? Okay. Did you, did you ever play an engineer in the Mass Effect games? I, yeah, I, I think I initially played... Because you could respec from game to game, couldn't you? Yep. So I think I did uh, Best like respect. a very like biotic-centric <laughs> character in 2, and yeah. then switched to more tech Biotics being character. like you having the ability to like, like lift telekinesis things up, stuff. telekinesis, and yeah, mind yeah. powers. Um, I, as an engineer, um, and engineers focus on uh, hacking enemies' armor and weapons, and overloading and using fire abilities. In addition to having a really sick combat drone that you can summon near them, that like distracts the enemy and like brings them out of cover. And it's, so that's what I yeah. love and play as. Cool. Uh, but if you do play it, you should definitely make sure you customize your character. Even yeah. if you don't want to change the way the character looks, that's how you access all yeah. of those like gameplay decisions where you can choose your class. Oh, cool. If, if you just so, quick play, you'll just be like the classic soldier. And that's, yeah. I think, kind of boring for Mass Effect. Yeah. yeah. Like my favorite thing in Mass Effect was being like the biotic centric character. And you have that like rush attack where like uh-huh. you Charge. like, yeah, where you do like a like teleporting headbutt against a character and then like you just and then like you're in their space and then i just fucking like i just do my teleport headbutt and then just fucking unload on them and then like run away uh-huh like th- that was that was how i did combat in two and it was great yeah and that's still there so <laughs> there you go um but it feels a lot better on it feels a lot better on pc and part of that is probably like sensitivity just being yeah. able to like aim with a, with a mouse for me works a lot better than a console mm, and sure. so I don't know. People haven't complained that much about the controls. I think that the fact that it, they've switched engines is um, from like because oh, it's in Frostbite now, right? It's in Frostbite. It used so, to be in Unreal. I think we probably talked about this before on the show, but if you're not familiar, the engine is like the tool set and like framework that makes a game run. Like, and it's like it's the graphics and it's the controls. Uh-huh. It's not really the yeah. controls as much, but like no, it, it's it's like the the rule set for like programming. Yeah. yeah. That like right. There like, you go. Yeah. It's it's. It's hard to explain, um, especially in like layman's terms. But, but it's they they used a software called Unreal to power uh, one, two, and three. One, two, and three, and then they were bought by EA at some point. And EA has a proprietary thing called Frostbite, which is developed by their yeah. studio called Dice, which I'm sure also leans like I, I haven't heard really anybody talk about that. Like I'm sure that's a big part of why. Oh, I've heard some people so okay. talk about that. And yeah, I've also, yeah. Yeah, I think that like Frostbite for some reason gave them a lot of trouble with this yeah. game. Like, um, and like Unreal was the standard when the yep. Mass Effect games were coming out. So, like, and like a, a lot of, cause like each time you need to pay, um, Epic, Epic, like to use Unreal mm-hmm. before. And isn't Unreal 4 now like open? I think it's free. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Still like royalties though. Yeah. 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 You used to have to pay like, especially for it. a big game, you'd have to pay out the ass to use their yeah. engine. And then yeah. so EA tried to be like, um, no, we're going to cut those costs and use yep. our own. And yep. then, um, for some games it works like battlefield it works pretty well in battlefront as well or, yeah, um, yeah they use it for fifa and um th- probably th- that's, madden. Th- that's madden EA yeah. ignite isn't it isn't that a totally different thing no they switched to frostbite yeah did they <laughs> yeah so yeah like, like three years ago they, they like i remember they had a big thing it's like we created our own ea sports engine and all oh. the ea sports games are going to use their own sports 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 sports, sports. sports. and then now if <laughs> it's all in frostbite like god that's i can't even imagine yeah the cost of that that's insane i'm excited to hear more about like your experiences with the story i really want to play it yeah more like i keep thinking about it i want to play more that's a good sign yeah yeah um so you you both have played legend of zelda oh yeah i is there 
I don't well, want to into the ground. Is there but. anything new that you guys can say? Oh, it just feels so, new every time I play it. Yeah, so like I I genuinely keep finding cool shit. Okay. When Brian and I were hanging out at a coffee shop earlier, a coffee shop, an indie coffee shop, a, a little an, indie, an independent Seattle-based coffee shop called Starbucks. Right. Um, I was playing, um, while Brian was doing some work, mm-hmm. and I came across this like big mound of like this just this big rock that had like cracks in it that kind of looked like ivy or like moss or something, and so. I get up to there, and my shrine indicator's like, inside this, like, giant mold of a rock, there's a shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting there, I was like, and in this area, was, like, kind of just, like, this perpetual, like, lightning storm. Like, it's rainy, you can't climb stuff. Like, yeah. you had to be really careful about using, like, having equipped any metal equipment. And so I try bombing it. I try, like, setting a fire arrow to it to try to, like, burn what I thought was this moss. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like okay, this shrine is in an area where, like, on the bottom you can see, like, the upcoming weather mm-hmm. and just all lightning. I'm like, okay, so this place is just, like, a perpetual lightning storm. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to try something. Something a little unorthodox. What? Do you know what he did? Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, yeah, he was oh, watching okay. me do it. Okay. Um, I take all of, all of my shields are metal, so I drop all of my shields on top of this thing. Oh, and, like, no. Can I guess what happens? Your shields oh. act as a lightning rod. Yes. Oh, my God. That's so cool. And I, and I was just kind of like... All right, and like, and so whenever you have stuff equipped or like any like metal I- items, they start like kind of flickering with electricity. Yeah, and then just like I kind of like sat there, like I was like on the side of it, kind of crouched. I'm like, mm-hmm. like, is it gonna do it? And then it's like, <laughs> and then it That's shatters crazy. and it opens up the shrine. Wow! And his I, shields fly everywhere, and he loses like at least one of them. I <laughs> lost all of them but one. <laughs> um, so now I have one shield. Um, could you have done that with any other metal object? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or okay. just like, one. Like, yeah, it, it, oh. or just one. Um, I, yeah, I definitely did that to myself, and I was, I was fine mm-hmm. with it because I was kind of being obnoxious about it. I was like, I got, I got really excited about doing it, and it, it actually turns out like a lot of things in this game. Um, like, I kind of saw this, like, you know, like an animation. You can, you see something's gonna get messed with. Like, it looks different than the surroundings. Like, yeah, I saw this like kind of like whitish blue thing over, like over, like, like right, like at the end of like the, my field of view. And it was this guy who like plays an accordion, and sings songs. And, like he gives you kind of clues about things, mm-hmm. and tr- and he actually gave like this like clue about the, the shrine. I was like, I already found that. Yeah. Um. And like whenever I was in the Goron place, like they have these cool cannons where it's like there's a little hole. It's like oh, like a bomb can kind of fit in there, and you drop a bomb in there, explode it, and mm-hmm. it shoots off a big rock. And like there's a person who will like hint at what it does, but it never like overtly tells you. And like a lot of times you have to seek those people out. And like the fact that I ran into this thing, I knew that had I had all the tools in the game because right. it gives you them right at the beginning of the game. Like I was going to be like, I had the initial notion of being like, okay, I need to come back here once I have the tools because my bombs didn't work, fire didn't work. I was like, I don't know what it is. And then I kind of thought, it's like, no, I have all the tools. It's something else. Yeah. And then I just like, I realized that my, like what my environment was and I, tried something and it fucking worked and like that, that cool. feeling of accomplishment and like especially doing it without getting the clue it's just like it was so fucking crazy and it, like it was such a great feeling yeah cool. people keep on saying uh play near and plays all those so i think i'm gonna have to do that pretty soon yeah but um we've been going for about an hour oh and i've also been playing a really cool game called a uh, sudoku Mm. i'm playing a lot of that lately I'll save it for next pod yeah it's uh we'll, we'll talk about the graphics and <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Once you've had more time to play, play like loop. learn how to control, like just yeah, yeah, you know it's, it's, it's a pretty new concept. So I yeah. need to kind of wrap my head around it. Crazy. Japanese games suck. have been yeah. Like, Japanese games are really good. Really right good, now. guys. Zelda, Sudoku. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening to fans of the genre. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. 
Did you guys hear that Pots of America has 1.4 million downloads an episode? We need to be yeah. there. It's because we're of already there. Shh, we're already there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we're 1.3, but we need 1.4. Yeah. By 1.3, so, I meant So 1. tell 100,000 people to listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, should, should we try to come up with a real quick hot take? Oh. Um, weddings uh, are cool. Weddings are cool. Now that um, now that I'm so close to it, weddings are cool. Hot weddings take. Cool. Brian's going to be the most trashed at your wedding. I'd get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no ne- that's actually you. probably going to... I think it's going to be my roommate. Evdog? Evdog. Maybe. Maybe. I'll, I'll compete for a little while, but I'll... Um, I, you know what? I'll People always tell bed. me that like the groom and bride are the most trashed. Like you're just like kind of floating. Oh, well, yeah. Like yeah. we've, I, I can kind of see that. Like, yeah. Like Grace, can't, Grace can't hear us. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it were your partner. Yeah, probably put money in. Grace, on can, that. Grace can put it down. Um, is Alex of age? Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She just, beca- she just became 21. All right. <laughs> I, I would like <laughs> to see Alex leveled up. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it'll, it'll be either your, your bride to be or, probably one of her family members who's yes, like gonna mm-hmm. say. who's gonna be like oh my god grace my dad can get pretty drunk oh i hope god. he doesn't I'll, but he can i've n- i've never met your dad i don't think i've ever even seen your dad i want to drink with your dad i do too my dad's pretty cool uh, cool yeah. i'm gonna call you roadie at the wedding please do <laughs> um follow us on twitter at fans of genre or on facebook at fb.me yeah. slash fans of the genre where you can send us questions and feedback thank you again to john bash for um composing this original theme music you yeah. can find him at johnbash.com we'll be back this is wednesday but we'll be back again on monday yeah we'll, we'll, be, we'll be back because yeah. uh, you're gonna be busy again correct mm, this weekend i am i'll probably be doing like i get up yeah, early so, on sundays yeah so we'll, yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure like, it out we we were supposed to do something on our own but then we forgot that you were gone mm-hmm. um so now that we know and are actively thinking about it we can put something mike you just took a nap I'll, no, I'll, uh, I'll be I'll record with you guys oh uh, no I, I was I was out of town no. I, and, and yes and then you I did take a nap, nap. <laughs> um actually yeah we, we, we might try to find a guest or something we'll lose something yeah all right well if you cool. guys don't want me there well uh, you <laughs> can we, <laughs> no, 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 you have a wedding I'm kidding that's next weekend anyway um uh did i forget anything get you, ready for the live stream at the yeah. wedding um <laughs> you, you can feel free to ask us questions like how many dogs is too many yeah um probably infinite infinite, infinite? is too many infinite no dogs doesn't exist infinite plus one that's it's too many yeah. guys can you imagine we kind of live in a world of infinite dogs i mean hype like theoretically yeah yeah because because reproduction mm-hmm. correct thank you for listening that's it for us we'll be back on monday bye bye see ya Mikey, you have to gotta put a brap in there. Brap. Thank you.